from the world of sports to the world of pop culture and beyond. It's step one. Learn sports. Now, your hosts, Brittany Wench and Avery Harder. Welcome in. This is Step One Learn Sports. I am your host, Brittany Wench. I'm Avery Harder. We got producer Arby in the house, Rhett Bryan of Titans Radio. I have to tell you, I have kind of a big complaint right now, and it is Ooh, it. it is the temperature in this building. I am numb in areas that are just like my kneecaps. Allison Warren, she's speaking directly to you. You're in charge of the AC. But like my my like my, the tops of my fingers. And the backs, of, like my knuckles, like I just am numb and, and it's 85 degrees outside right now. It feels magical outside. No humidity. Nice, very light breeze. If every day of the year felt like this, I'd be okay with it. I, yeah, I just feel like the temperature inside the building, it, it, what I'm feeling right now is not normal, but the temperature inside, it's always like negative 10 degrees in here. But what, shouldn't you be used to that? You're born in what, Minneapolis? And then you yeah. grow up in Chicago, so this should be a summer day to you. You would think, but I guess my body <laughs> has adjusted you've, to living here in, in Nashville. to the South. Yeah. Um, we have a jam-packed episode today. We have a very special guest that's joining us in studio. We have wanted to have him on with us at pretty much ever since we started this. He was one of the original guests that we um, kind of kicked back and forth having him on here. So we're so excited to have uh, Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio join us today. He's a former NFL coach. He's the current color commentator for uh, the Titans Radio Network. We are so excited to have him on with us. We are starting with some news today. Some news in our 60-second skinny, which is six sports stories told in 60 seconds each. And then Coach Mack is going to stick around with us for no dumb questions at the end of this episode. So, Avery, kick us off with some news. Hit us with our 60-second skinny. 19-year-old Hungarian swimmer Kristoff Milak has broken Michael Phelps' world record for the 200-meter butterfly that he's owned for 18 years. First off, you can tweet at us or email us if you think that our pronunciation of that was wrong. Yes, please, uh, Coach. We're me. not really sure. I'm curious if he eats the same amount of ca- uh, same amount of calories as Michael Phelps claimed that he did during the Olympics when training. Yeah, like four thousand per meal. Oh my god. I'm also curious. I know this is. I, I wanted I want to spend an episode on the Olympics and oh. talking about like who who qualifies and how they qualify because are we going to see. Kristoff Milak at the Olympics next year? has to be. One year from now, we will be kicking off Tokyo 2020 with the opening ceremonies. will be about this week next year. Um, Michael Phelps' record was 1 minute 51 sec- 51.51 seconds. And this Kristoff character beat it with a time of 1 minute 50.73 seconds. Like, that's almost an entire second, which is insane. Yeah. Philly center fielder Mike Trout threw a 98.6 mile per hour, 261 foot laser to throw out Angels Max Muncy at home plate. Which, yes, that throw was insane. But in my opinion, the real MVP of this was the catcher, JT Realmuto, because it was thrown to him. But he's one of the best catchers um, in Major League Baseball. Yeah, tagged him opinion. out immediately. Immediately. Like, in, if you watch the instant replay, it almost looks like the two of them just kind of dust over home plate. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was a great play. Odell Beckham Jr. might be out of New York, but he is not out of the media as he makes claims that he has kept the brand alive for the Giants when he was there, but now feels disrespected by the Giants since he was traded to Cleveland in the offseason. So he did this interview with GQ, 
It's like 14 pages long. It's called it's called Odell Beckham Jr. Unguarded, which I love the play on words, mm-hmm. unguarded. Yeah. And um, I think he had a lot of fun with the photo shoot for it Probably. because there there may be more pictures of him in this interview than there are words. Now there are a <laughs> lot more words, but um, it, it's an interesting article because it's like one of the first times that he has been this open and addressing questions that everyone it seems to claim about him. Yeah. The claims that are made yeah, about misconceptions him. Misconceptions. Yes, I agree. So it's, it's definitely worth the read. Um, I'd be interested to see what everyone's opinion uh, is of the article after reading it. We just that. The Dallas Cowboys top Forbes most valuable sports team for the fourth year in a row being valued at $5 billion. Aren't they like America's sweetheart team, Dallas Cowboys? That's what they've been told because a broadcaster called them that in one game back in the late 80s or early 90s. They've been America's team for 40 years. 40 years? You RB heard it here charming in. <laughs> RB, are they your team? As a child, yes. As an adult? No. <laughs> <laughs> Rep Brian of Titans Radio. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars defensive back Jalen Ramsey showed up to the first day of training camp yesterday in a Brinks truck as he begins a season that could end up being very profitable for him as he goes into negotiating a contract next year. The driver got out of the front seat to make an announcement. He goes, and I quote, you all know what time it is. Time to get that money. That's the kind of entrance I need in life. It's just, that's just so over the top. Only Jalen. The drama that that these players bring. I mean, we've got Odell Beckham Jr. and Jalen Ramsey here in our 60-second skinny. They just, they bring the drama. They make our job so easy. They thr- Yeah. There is no... I love to talk about them. Constantly in the media. Constantly, whether it's on the field or everything else they do, we're talking about them. And we are adding one thing because we would not be who we are... No, we wouldn't. ...without bringing this in. I know today's Wednesday, and yes. and and the day that this is going to be released is going to be Thursday. So I know yes. that we're releasing this on Thursday. We would be remiss if we did not mention it is National Tequila Day, and there are specials all over the United States, probably all over the world, because it's National Tequila Day. Uh, go check your local Target. Go check your local Walmart. They're going to have specials on tequila, Chewies on the border, Bahama Breeze. Everyone is celebrating. So I just feel like we would be making a huge mistake if we did not take advantage of this national holiday. This is the one thing that America can truly all agree on. We all love tequila. We all love tequila. We have a very special guest with us today, Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, the color commentator. Former NFL coach. He's coached for the Chicago Bears. He was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Linebacker coach for the Tennessee Titans. Former assistant head coach of the LA Rams. Coach Mack, thank you so much for coming in studio with us no, today. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. I mean, I've been following uh, your podcast very closely. You guys are outstanding. Thank you. What you do yeah. is, is really good. I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Did you know that um, it's National Tequila Day today on Wednesday? Even I though- just told Avery, Casa Dragones, please go find some. It is the best. Hey, if you guys go listen and buy sales, maybe we'll get an endorsement from hey, them. And knows? then we can all benefit. We'll snip this. We'll get, send it to them. That's Casa right. Casa Dragon is to sponsor part of this show. Is and, tequila your like liquor of choice? Well, I mean, I don't really have a liquor of choice, mm-hmm. but 
you can't go wrong with tequila. No. Good tequila. Good tequila. Bad Good tequila, tequila, you can go wrong Bad quickly. tequila is wrong in so many ways. Yes. 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 Okay, Coach Mack, we have you in studio with us today. There are so many questions that we want to ask you. First and foremost, training camp is starting this week. Can you give us, like, the... Your definition, you're very good at breaking things down. What even is training camp? Why do we have it? What can you explain that as to us? You know, Brittany and Avery, and for for your listeners, training camp has changed so much in the National Football League. When I was first hired by Mike Ditka in 1986, training camp lasted six weeks. Wow. It was a six-week training camp, and, and I'll explain to you why. It was a six-week training camp, and you were in full pads twice a day, every day. Okay, because you didn't have the off-season programs you had now. There was no free agency. There was no salary cap. You really didn't have any off-season program with your players. Your players basically came to training camp to get into shape for the season. That is uh, diametrically opposite as to what goes on now. These guys are constantly in shape throughout the year. Yeah. Plus, you have the you know you have the off-season with the OTAs, those types of things, and so. It, it has changed. I mean, and I've I've evolved with it because as a coach, you had to you had to be able to to uh, allocate your time and allocate what you did. Because in the off season, used to be in the league, you never saw your players. You never saw them until they showed up for training camp. So it would be like playoff to training camp. You're done. You're done. The only time the only time Avery you would ever see them is for three days after the draft. You'd have a three day mini camp after the draft, which was in April, yeah. and then you, you'd you'd never see them again. So wow. that's completely different. I mean, that's a completely different world than we're in now. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of reasons for it, but the the new CBA is a huge reason for the way it's done now. Anyway, so but training camp is extremely important, and the rules for the National Football League now, guys, you come to training camp fifteen days before your first preseason game. That's when you can report. It's 15 days before your first preseason game, and the first three days that you are allowed on the field, you cannot be in pads, okay? And nowadays, you can only be in pads once a day, all right? And the other practice that you can have has to be a walkthrough, a non-padded practice, all right? And so all of these things have changed so much. So I I went from six weeks, twice a day, uh, fully padded, every day, to what it is now. It's been it's been a big I like what it is now because of this reason. I think we're smarter now with what we do with the players' bodies. I think we're much more in tune with with the the pounding and the grinding yeah. that, that that football takes on their bodies, the 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 effect that it has that it accumulates on their bodies during the season. I like the way it is right now. Now a lot of the old school guys will say, you know, we used to be tougher. We used to be No, you weren't it really wasn't being tougher. It was just not being as tuned in and as smart. You know, and plus a lot of the National Football League back in the days, guys, you did it and, and here's the reason why you did it, which is not a good reason in society to do anything. You did it because that's the way we've always done it. Yes. All right. So anyway, does that answer some of your questions? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So you think that that's the reason why it's changed is because we've just kind of gotten smarter about um, what the body can sustain? Well, there's no doubt. I and mean, there's no doubt. And plus, I mean, it's, it's different now, too. Yeah, once the new CBA came in and once you had free agency and once you had, had salary cap, see, you used to never turn over your roster in the National Football League. Without free agency, without a salary cap, you would have guys on your team from six, seven, eight years in a row, you know, being backups. Yeah, and now you're lucky to even get a second contract after your first three years. Every, right? It's it's about it's about a thirty one percent turnover in your roster every year in the National Football League now. Which is Man. it's an entirely different world. 
as I said, I've been through the evolution of it, you know, from when I started 34 years ago in the league until right now. I think right now is better, is better for the players, and I think it's, I think it's, it's much, a much smarter approach to the way you do it. In terms of injuries, do you feel like because of because of the shift and there was a movie came, that came out with Will Smith in it about um, concussions, right? Um, do you feel like because um, they've been more um, cognizant of what the body can sustain and and injuries that there are fewer injuries now, or do you feel like it's the same amount? It's Brittany, it's the same amount of injuries because football is a. I mean, it's it, it's a collision sport. It's a collision sport. I think the rules have been changed now as to where it's not so it's not so much of an intentionally violent sport. Okay, because you know, back in the day when you first started, I mean everything went. And I think that the more that that the that the league, not only the league, I think just society has gone and has seen, you know, what has gone on because, you know, they've tried to take the helmet out of the game as mm-hmm. far as, as using it as a weapon. Yep. They, they've, tr- they've tried to take that out, which is, which is, I mean, the, there's clearly evidence that you could see, you know, throughout the years that the accumulation, again, effect on guys that have been through it that were able to use their helmets as weapons. I mean, you know, some of the, the, the circumstances and the results were not good. And so I think I think this has helped, but I think it's just an, an awareness of of what is going on, and I think it's so much better. I think you you get you get such a a, a much better athlete that's able to play now and, and be able to play for longer. The the length of an NFL career is not very long anyway. But you, look, you've only got two legs, you've yeah. only got one body. And and it it, it is it, it is a very demanding sport. Yeah, it's an extremely demanding sport. And the more that you can do to to alleviate some of the stress on their bodies, I think is good. So you've you've mentioned a few things about rules changing with 15 days before your first preseason game for training camp, removing the helmet. What major rule changes are we seeing going into the 2019-2020 season that people need to look out for, be aware for? Well, there's always points of emphasis, you know, when the when the when the competition committee gets together during the off season mm-hmm. and starts to go with points of emphasis. You know, clearly, let's go back to you remember when the 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 helmet was taken out. That was a huge point of emphasis. Yes. The point of emphasis this year, guys, is going to be the whole thing that was germinated from the Rams Saints. Mm. Yeah, called heard round. Yeah. It, it, it's gonna it's gonna be the ability to be able to challenge non called plays or to challenge pass interference. That's a huge, huge paradigm shift in the National Football League right now. It really is. Because now the thing that they did is you're still only going to have two challenges as a head coach. Having been a head coach myself for several years, you want to be judicious with, with the way that you use those flags. But it, and and they've, they've still taken that to the point as to where in the final two minutes it's going to go upstairs to a league reviewer. Yeah. Right, so that will, be, you know, that will be taken out. And, of course, you know, the football people – you know, of which I am one, said that to begin with, the Hail Mary at the end of the game, the throw-ups at the end of the game, there's always interference. I mean, when I was coaching defense, you know, the last play of the game, I would teach my guys to tackle them. You know, they're not going to call anything. To yeah. Prevent them. I mean, now that's still going to be, that's still going to be uh, reviewed by the officials upstairs and on the field. So coaches won't be able to challenge any of that. But that's the biggest rule shift that you're going to see and that they're, they're going to make a point of emphasis. This preseason, just get ready for a lot of challenges by the coaches just to test out the system. Because really, when you're making a challenge during the preseason, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really affect you long-term because the outcome of the game doesn't affect you in the regular right, season. But you would like to procedurally see how it's going to work. Yes. 
Um, what are you most looking forward to in this upcoming season? Obviously, there's the rule changes that happen. There was a lot in free agency and trades that happened over um, the offseason. What are you most looking forward to? You know what happens in the National Football League now and, and the way it's set up. Uh, and, you know, as as big as the draft is and now with free agency, you know, being a big, big part of what it is, there's always hope at the beginning of the season for yeah. all the franchises. And the National Football League has done a really good job of making the league a very equitable league. Yes. In other words, because because you know the inverse draft process as to where you draft. If you're bad, you draft first, and and presumably if you've done a good job of vetting your players, you're going to get better players. You know, over an amount of time, uh, those types of things. I mean, make it all equitable because everybody, you know, has a chance on Sunday, and that's all you ask for. Now, of course, injuries play a big part of it. I always look forward to seeing because look, I would always tell my players. When they came back, and this is true for coaches and players in this league, every day in the National Football League is an interview. You cannot relax for one minute because it really doesn't matter what you've done last year, what you've done the last two years as a team or as an individual. This is a, this is a make-it-take-it proposition in the National Football League daily. So what I like to see is I like to see how the teams come together again your specific team you're looking forward to, and then the opponents that you're going to play and see how that's going to play out. I, I get, look, I was so excited the first year in 1986 when Mike Ditka hired me in my first training camp. I mean, I didn't know whether I was foot or horseback you know, <laughs> because I was so excited about it. You yeah. know, and those were the Super Bowl shuffle bears. Yeah. There were 15,000 people at training camp every day. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was Camelot. A hell of an atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere. It was Camelot for football. And I still get that excited every year when it goes on. Um, speaking of you being, um, at the Chicago bears, we do a segment on here every once in a while called TBT because we, we release these on Thursdays. The, um, the story about how you became the head coach of the Chicago bears, but never really was the head coach of the Chicago bears is hysterical in my opinion. Well, it wasn't real funny to me, but look, look. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I remember hearing you say it at Sports Fest, um, back in March on well, stage. And I was like, I've never heard this story you know, before. I've been, I've been asked by several groups you know in the last three years to do a book and i'm going to do it when i'm completely done with the league and this will be about four chapters in the book because i was the head coach of the bears for six hours and didn't know it for three okay (laughs) and so i mean that is a true story you know the 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 answering machine in the office was changed to you've reached the office of dave mcginnis head coach chicago Bears for six hours Hope you got a prorated salary. Didn't know it for three. Yeah, I'm still trying to get that (laughs) on my pension. (laughs) You should. I'm still trying to get that Avery on my pension. But it was a it was an unusual unusual circumstance. I mean, it was huge news across the league. It was big, you know, sporting news because you know, I mean, being the head coach of the Chicago Bears is a fairly big deal. But look, the at the end of the day, the final story of all of it was is it wasn't handled in a way that I don't think was malicious, but it wasn't right. right. And, and for me, look, there was no amount of power, position, or money that was going to make me compromise my ethics. Right. And, and the, thing, the thing that, because it just the way that it was handled was, was, not, was not correct. And I not only would, was the one that knew that, but everybody else in the league knew that. Yeah. And so I had spent, you know, 10 or 12 years building up a reputation in the league and if I were to go in and to roll over and take a job under those circumstances just to have the job, mm-hmm. and, you know, the the thing that, you know, kind of the tipping point for me was as to when, you know, the way the, the it was finally presented, I mean, look, I was driving 
from a hotel that they kept me on the North Shore under an assumed name to the office when it was announced. Uh, you know, I had called. I had called a couple of a couple of my players had called me and said, "Coach, we're coming to the press conference." And I said, "What press conference?" Uh, okay, and so they said, "Coach, it's on the radio." So I turned on WGN, which yeah, is a right. fairly good sized radio station in <laughs> Chicago. Could say and that. they said, "You know, eleven o'clock. Welcome, one of our own, Dave McGinnis." 11th head coach, Chicago Bears, and I went... And you're in the car. I'm in the car. I went, that's me. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That's me. So, anyway, the way that it was handled, but then, I mean, it... I, I feel like that would have felt like a bad dream. Well, Brittany, I could have taken... And Avery, I could have taken the job, and I would have been fine because it was a lot of money, and whether it worked out or not, I would have had that money. I'd still been the head coach. But for my assistant coaches and their families yeah. and the people I was going to move, and then, plus, for the respect that I would have had not had in the league that I gained so much of from doing that. I mean, all of that stuff was more important to me. I mean, again, it was my dream job. I had been there for 10 years. I had worked to the point as to where, you know, I, I was named the head coach of the Bears, in which, I mean, I still love Chicago, and I love the Bears, but I made the right decision, and it's proven throughout my career to be the right decision. Yeah, I mean, it clearly didn't hurt you. You had head coaching position after that and then assistant head coach after that plus linebackers coach for the Titans for a while. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I I wanted to be the head coach of the Bears, and I still look back on it and say I wanted to be the head coach of the Bears. But under those circumstances, there comes points in all of our lives, I think, when we're presented with opportunities that would be, you know, financially yeah. a huge gain, but maybe it's not the right way to do it. And I just, I mean, I, I just couldn't compromise on that. Yeah, I couldn't. I commend you for that. I do too. If you were the head coach of the Bears last year, oh gosh, what do you say to Cody Parkey when he has to pull himself off that field and get himself into the locker room after that heartbreaking? You know what, Avery? Double post. That that ball was tipped. I, I know. I, I saw the kick, but you can only the tell ball, a player the, the, so the, much. The ball was tipped. Okay, the ball was tipped. So first of all, as a kicker. And you line up to kick a field goal, like I mean, it's, you know, kickers in this league. Look, I mean, I know that they, you know, there's a lot of things talked about kickers, this, that. But when you're actually on a football team, and you're you're kicker, and especially as close as games are mm-hmm. in the National Football League, they're vital. Yeah, they are vital. And that job, I mean, that job is is pressure packed, and I mean, it's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Look, I can tell you kicker stories. I had a kicker once that celebrated, blew his ACL celebrating. <laughs> oh no! See, celebrating a field goal in Giant Stadium in the first quarter, and then I mean, jumped up was celebrating. Uh, Bill Gramatica, God bless you, Bill. God Bill bless Gramatica, Bill. God bless you, Bill. Jumped up, blew his ACL, and so I don't have a kicker for the rest of the game. It's a division game, and so, but Cody Parkey, look, it was not his fault. No, yeah. uh, the ball kid. was tipped. The ball was tipped. And, of course, look, the repercussions of that, and that, again, tells you the, the, the magnitude of how close these games are. And in Chicago, I worked in Chicago for 10 years. I love Chicago. I loved working for the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are a huge deal in Chicago. Yes. And so. I heard they're still looking for kickers. God bless Cody Parkett. Well, they had a, they had a shoe carnival up there you know, during the, <laughs> during the, uh, during the, the offseason. They brought, they brought in 50 people, you know. I mean, come on.
They had um What is fault? They had it fans fault at all. Fans in Chicago lined up to kick the same distance of field goal that Cody Parkey did and just to see if they could make it too cuz they were like we can do it. But I actually don't think any of them made it. Well, they didn't make it and it wasn't during the playoffs. And the dis- and yeah, the distance have, wasn't the problem. Rushing, but that just goes to tell you the depth of football. Chicago Bears football in Chicago. I love it. Uh, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned the hope that everybody has at the beginning of the season. Um, and we recently hosted uh, the Michaels and Mueller show on 104.5 The Zone. The discussion um, of this being a make-or-break year for Marcus Mariota, the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, came up. And there are some people who um, really, truly believe that he is going to be the quarterback for this team long for a long-standing time. What is your opinion? Look, Brittany. He is no different than any other player on that team. He's got to perform his way to a contract, and that's just where it is. And then we all we all know the backstory as to you know when he was drafted. You know we know the great year he had at sixteen, and then the the all the things that have happened in seventeen and eighteen with the injuries and things. That, so look, he's got a chance. He has a chance to perform his way to a contract here, and that's that's all you can ask for as an athlete. Yeah, he's got the requisite skills to be a, 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 a starting quarterback in the National Football League and can do some really good things. But just as I said when we first started this this the part of this broadcast, that every day is an interview. It's no different for the quarterback than it is for Avery the kicker. Every yeah. day is an interview, and but he's got a chance. He's got a great chance, especially with what John Robinson has done surrounding him with, with some offensive players and plus with Dean Pease and his defense. He's got a chance to perform his way into a contract. So it's up to him. I think a lot of things are going to have to go right for him. And with him being known with this Hawaiian mahalo kind of attitude and Vrabel having a much more commanding voice with the team and very much being in it with them. I mean, if you see him on the sideline during warm-ups, he's taking hits from those defensive ends. He's, I love that about his he's coaching in it style. With yeah. them. Do you think that Rabel's commanding head coach is good for Mariota since he's a little bit quieter and for the team? Or do you think that it kind of makes Mariota feel like he can't speak up as much because Rabel is so present with the team and not just as a coach? No, I think it has nothing to do with it. First of all, Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel gets it. He played. Yeah. He played at a championship level, and he understands what it takes. And he knows, look, a competitor, different people have different personalities. But at the end, the competitor, when you reach this level, that is what fuels everybody. And, and I think that Mike Vrabel is 100% behind Marcus Mariota. But Marcus, again, as I said, is no different than anybody else. And Mike Vrabel would be the first to tell him this. And Marcus Mariota, if he were sitting here with us, would be the first to tell us this. He has got to perform himself. Yeah. That's what he has to do. I think those two guys are completely in lockstep. Good. That's important. I think a head coach quarterback symbiosis is integral to having a strong locker room, which translates to performance on the well, field. There's no doubt. And I've and I've seen it. I've seen examples across the league where they weren't. Yeah. You know, where they weren't. I mean, we just we just saw a great example last year up in Green Bay that necessitated a coaching change mm-hmm. as to where they got sideways. And, and so, look, it happens in this league, but Mike Vrabel is 100% behind Marcus. 
Um, on this podcast, we try and do our best to bridge the gap between pop culture and sports. So we talk a little bit about sports. We talk a little bit about pop culture. I've got more of a pop culture question for you. So um, I went to go see The Lion King last night. And it, for those... How of, was it? I, I loved it. It was frame for frame, basically the same as the original. But I want to know, what's your opinion on these live action um, Disney movie remakes now? Look, I was in L.A. for three years. And I was out there, and we got to. You do were in some, the thick of it. I was. I got to do some pretty cool stuff and see some, you know, some things and be involved. What they can do in the movie industry is incredible. That is amazing, and I think you know, I I, I love that stuff. I really do because I mean, it. You talk about having to be talented as an athlete. Those people are so so deeply talented at what they do, and then and then to be able to bring the actors and, and coincide them with the animated characters that they've done. I haven't seen it, but the reviews that I've heard, you know, I've got a niece that saw it immediately and loved it and said it was just so cool. Was it? It was. I think the combination of Beyonce and Childish Gambino, AKA Donald Glover was so, was so good. It makes so much sense. It was kind of like somebody said the other day that Donald Glover or, Childish Gambino and Beyonce makes more sense than Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> I would back that up 100%. So <laughs> that's her husband. She's married to him. Um, but I, I love... I've, 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 I've been with Jay-Z in the locker room. He, oh, have you now? Yeah, because he... Jay, Jay-Z... Uh, uh, what is it? Rock Nation? Yes. Yeah, his, uh, his group, they were Todd Gurley's... So they, they were at several oh, games there yeah. in, in St. Louis. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had Jay-Z and his crew, you know, waiting... You know, in the, you know, in the until Fisher, you know, addressed the team after the game we won, and then I said, "Fish," he said, "Yeah, Jay Z, come on in." Do you <laughs> listen to Jay Z's music? And so, you know, not a lot. Okay, no. <laughs> that's not your pregame no, stuff. No, but I, 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 I mean, a cool dude standing there with him. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, very cool dude. If you had headphones on, getting ready for a game like the athletes do before, or if you listen to music before broadcasts on the Titans radio, what are you listening to? I'll What's listen, your pump up music? I listen to I listen to anything. Anything, but look, I grew up in West Texas. I'll listen to any country that's out there. You're yeah. a country boy. Yeah, any 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 country that's that's out there. But I'll I'll listen to just about anything. I mean, I really do. I don't have. It doesn't bother me. I've got I've got young nieces that been in the car with all kind of stuff on. I said, "Is this okay, Uncle Mike?" I said, "It's fine. <laughs> Play it. Turn it up loud." <laughs> Put it up loud as you Drown can. Drown out the thoughts, please. Put it up loud as you can. Are you going to let your nieces, how old are your nieces, by the way? One of them is 22, and then I've got I've got one that's 12 and 13, and then I've got little bitties all the way down. Okay, so the little bitties, we'll start with them. Now that there's all of these live-action Disney movies, are you more of a proponent that they have to see the original animation ones first before they see the live-action, or are you like, nah, it doesn't really matter? I'm very much so, you're going to have to see the OG first before yeah. you can see the live-action. You know action. what? I'd never thought about that, but I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that just so they'll know the history of it yeah. and what it is. I like that. Do you so, still have a VCR? So I will. Th- that would be no. She adapts with the times. That would, that would, that would be no look. All of this, the stuff in here now that we're doing, when Rhett's back there punching all those buttons and stuff, I know zero about it. Zero, zero inclined like that. But that's good. That's why we like to have you on here. I don't even know where a screwdriver is in my house. I (laughs) I can't do anything. Hey, that's why you pay people to do it. No, I can't do anything. I was a ball coach and still am. Right. Um, We also have a segment on our podcast every week. 
um, or every time we do one of these podcasts called No Dumb Questions. We're so happy that you're here and have been able to answer so many questions for us that a lot of our listeners um, have asked us and been curious about. And we thought, who better to answer them than Coach Mack? Um, one question that we did have, what is the most common misconception you get asked to clarify when it comes to the NFL. So let me read that one more time. What is the most common misconception you get asked to clarify when it comes to the NFL? That, that, that these guys are, that the, the players are pampered athletes. I mean, this is a hard, hard thing. That That's they a do. very good point, yeah. No, 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 they're, they're not. I mean, it, look, there's a lot of advantages that come to it, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And then, guys, seriously, daily pressure, because everything that you do is put on film, Oh, yeah. Everything that you do is scrutinized to the max. Yeah. And the the line out the door to take your place is huge. Who? And so to think – I didn't mean to interrupt you, Avery. No, you're good. Keep going. But, but to think that they are pampered athletes is is not the case. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of work, and it's a lot of pressure. And so, you know – and again, I understand. I get it. When I mean, because I understand as, as coaches and – look – I got paid for 31 years by the National Football League, a lot more money than I was worth. But for for what you do and for where you know and for where it is, that's what the market bears. Okay, at the same time, but there is work involved and there's accountability to it too. Yeah, because it can end really quick. I mean, like in a squint, which is right between a second and a minute. I mean, it can end <laughs> really fast. To back that up. Rhett and Mac, y'all both know this player's name. I cannot think of it, but he dropped the ball in the Bills-Titans game last year and was cut. Great point. Right when y'all came back. Like, no, no, no. They lost 13-12, to 12, I think, yeah. if he would have caught that touchdown. No, and, and, and point taken. I mean, but that's, that's the line that you walk in this league yeah. as a professional athlete and as a coach. And as a coach. I mean, coaches' lives have turned on one play. Yeah. All right? So, look, it's a great life. It's a great life. I was involved as a coach over half my adult life in this league. Very fortunate. Very blessed to do that. But there's an accountability every day. So, so with all the perks that come with it, there's a lot of pressure, too. We appreciate that. And you, like you just said, have had such an extensive, successful, fun career. There, People are asking you to write a book because it has just been so exciting um, of a journey for you. Do you have any advice for people who may be wanting to uh, have the dream of playing in the National Football League or coaching in the National Football League? What's your advice to um, to the young kids growing up this day and age with Twitter, social media, um, but being replaceable? What's What's your advice to them? No, that's a, that's a that's a that's a real relevant question. It it really is, and I've given a lot of young coaches advice that want to get into the league, and a lot of young players too, and. Here's what I tell them. Do what you do, what you're doing now, to the best of your ability. Because your body of work is what will allow you to take the next step. The first time you start doing anything with your job, looking ahead to the next one, especially in this league, somebody's going to pass you up. Mm -hmm. So, look, I understand that if you're involved in the football world that you want to get into this league, but but – Having that as your goal is completely different than accomplishing your goals at the present. Make your work at the present the best you can. People will notice good work, okay? 
People understand that everybody wants to be in this league, but what people base their decisions on and their priorities on when they bring people into this league as a player or a coach is what your present work has presented. Love that. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, we appreciate you spending time with us on our Step 1 Learn Sports podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, I'm a huge fan of Step 1 Learn Sports. Hey, thanks. Thank you. You guys are outstanding. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Step 1 Learn Sports. We have new episodes coming out every other Thursday. Follow us on Twitter, S1LS Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we can be found We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.